on today's Stuck In. Open up wide, traveling supporters, because here comes the airplane. A spoonful combo of everything from friendlies to the biggest club competition in the world. And even some Champions League in there. No? Am I the only one who cares about the Carabao Cup? Eh, never mind then. Well, anyway, we've got more ground to cover than Nigel DeYoung flying through the air to kung fu kick Javi Alonso in the chest. So, without further ado, let's get stuck in. Today is, well, either Thursday, August 25th, or Friday, August 26th, uh, depending when I decide to edit it. Uh, But bottom line is, boy, have we got an eclectic mix for you today for the traveling supporters. Everything from a charity friendly to some wild results in the tournament that even the players don't care about, to the draw for the biggest club competition in the world. Uh, Let's dive right in and start there. The UEFA Champions League groups are set. And Jared, before we take a quick look at each group and make predictions that will inevitably prove terribly wrong, uh, a general question and probably the most important one, uh, how will Pep overthink and find a way to fuck this one up too? Well, he's going to have to do some work. Uh, Very, uh, very manageable group. And they are, of course, the betting favorites uh, after the draw today. I believe about, I think it was like plus 275, about three to one. So a heavy favorite uh, for them to win the Champions League. So he will have his work cut out for him to uh, to bungle this one up. Okay, yeah, those are good odds. What, what are their odds to get out of the group? Like negative oh, one million? All of it. Negative all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to them, obviously, uh, and a number of the other big hitters as well. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's just kind of go in alphabetical order here. Obviously, the draw taking place. Earlier today, uh, Jared, I don't think we need to review at this point uh, all the pots and the process and everything. Let's just get straight to the good stuff. Uh, Group A, A is for Ajax. Uh, The team pulled out of pot one there, uh, coupled with Liverpool, uh, Napoli, and your surprise team uh, in there. I think we gave them a shout, um, or we're going to give them a shout, obviously, uh, in this pod, Rangers. Yeah, and this is, I, I think it starts off pretty well, obviously, Liverpool will be the heavy favorites, current form notwithstanding. Mm. But I really do think that there's a uh, uh, there'll be a pretty good race between Ajax and Napoli here to finish second. Uh, I would probably still give the slight edge to Napoli. Uh, OC Men and a couple of the other guys, you know, obviously, it's probably they have a little bit more talent than Ajax. But of course, as we know, uh, no matter who's managing them, no matter who's on the team, Ajax is always dangerous. 
they might still lose a couple more players before the transfer window uh, is over, of course. So making these predictions is even harder because, you know, Anthony goes to Manchester United or whatever tomorrow. And, you know, obviously that that looks a lot worse. But, uh, you know, Liverpool should still have enough to win this group. Uh, and I do have Napoli slightly edging, uh, edging IX here. Uh, Rangers, I think they'll, they're, they're thrilled to be back in the group stage for the first time. I think since before, you know, their, uh, you know, their, their Phoenix club status, but I, I think this is probably just one hurdle too far. Uh, yeah. So you don't even have them as dark horse or what? I mean, I don't think so. I, I, I think that even if you watch the, you know, the tie against PSV and we'll talk more about the second tie in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure they were the best team, even in those two legs. Uh, I think PSV probably did more to, to, you know, to kind of hurt themselves than anything else. And mm-hmm. I'll be rooting for Rangers. Don't get me wrong. Of course, you know, the, the, with the American influence, but, um, it, you know, I, I just I, I don't think they're at that level of IX or Napoli. They certainly don't have the, the talent to, to match up. So if they do contend, it's, it's going to have to be through a bit of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, fair play. Uh, and a quick word to what you mentioned. Uh, IX obviously probably going to lose players uh, at the window. And, and I think Liverpool's success might depend on uh, who they add uh, before the end of the window. I mean, they just need to beef up. The midfield, you, you just have to imagine that, a you know, a, a James Milner and, and uh, you know, an aging Jordan Henderson and uh, and some guy with a with a jersey number in the 90s probably isn't going to carry you through Champions League. Yeah, obviously, they're they're pretty banged up as well with all the injuries, uh, you know, pretty much across the at every level, you know, Conate and uh, Matip are injured. And I guess Fabinho is kind of battling something, though. He did play on Monday against United. I, you know, obviously. Uh, Nunez with the suspension from the league play doesn't affect this, but they just really haven't been able to just kind of get it together yet. And obviously they'll hope that in the next couple of weeks before the, uh, the tournament proper starts that they'll at least get some of those guys back and ready to go so they can, uh, you know, get, get off on the right foot. All right. Very good. That's that for group a moving on to group B uh, leading us from pop one is Porto. Wow. Portugal, another Portuguese team uh, on the rise uh, and, and filling out the rest of the group. Uh, Atletico and Madrid, uh, Bayer Leverkusen club Bruges. I, and, and Jared, just my, my quick shout on it is this has got to be um, if not a weak group, sort of like a, a group of like teams that have been weakening um, again, Atletico Madrid. I just don't know if they've run out of the Simeone mojo. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bundesliga wheelhouse man, uh, joint bottom. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, okay. I think second to last on goal difference alone, but an 0-3 start and knocked out of the cup in the first round by like a third division team. So obviously a, a nightmare so far for them. Right. Uh, and then rounding it out, of course, Club Bruges. Uh, fantastic, beautiful, beautiful city in Europe. Uh, but I just don't see them getting through here unless a major fuck up from the other team. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're they're by far uh, the weakest side in this uh, in this setup. Um, I I guess Madrid is the betting favorite, but I'm I'm still not 100 percent sure that Porto is not a little bit better. Uh, obviously, you know, as you said, they are the pot one team here. Uh, and obviously they have some level of of success, historically speaking, in these tournaments, you know, of, of always kind of being dangerous and always making a bit of a run. But I, I do believe they might be the best team in this group, but not because they're doing anything specifically great. But as you've already alluded to, Madrid kind of, you know, having up and down struggles to begin this season. Leverkusen uh, really not playing well. And uh, Bruges, again, I think uh, you would argue there to make up the numbers as well, though. Uh, that is the North American team of choice in this group. Uh, you have the uh, the Canadian forward combination of Kyle Lahren and Tejon Buchanan and a guy who probably doesn't play very much, but American international Owen Otisoe on Club Group <laughs> for the North American 
uh, blood flow. This is uh, this is the team you're going to want to look at. But I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that they're really going to factor into this one. Yeah, it might not get more than just like kind of like a, a, a half stiff chub there uh, for, for Club Bruce. But but again, beautiful, beautiful city. Um, you should go there one day for sure. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to uh, <laughs> uh, Group C. Uh, this this will be a fun one, Jared. Missing group death just by one letter. Uh, Bayern Munich, the pot one team there, uh, obviously going to roll uh, as, as they are. I'd love to know their odds compared to City. Um, but the interesting thing is who they have been drawn with. Uh, number two position, Barcelona. Number three, Inter Milan. And uh, rounding it out uh, is truly the minnow of the group. Victoria, please. And uh, Jared, I will not get you canceled by telling the, you know, the tweet that you sent out to the group. But uh, let, let's just say, um, you know, it's it's a goal fest against pleasing for the for the goal difference. Sure, we'll say that. Uh, and, and this is an interesting one because you talk about odds and obviously Bayern the heavy favorite to win the group. What I did find very interesting is how much more Barcelona is favored than Inter. And I understand Lewandowski. I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand the changes they made. But I do believe that the difference in odds is probably, to me, not commensurate with, I think, probably two teams that are not that far different, uh, different and probably – I want to say talent level per se, but in, you know, in their ability to kind of navigate this, I think interest frisky here, uh, obviously uh, Lukaku is back, you know, and scoring already. Olatara Martinez is still dangerous. Uh, you know, they, they have solid defenders across the board. Still Handanovic in net, who's a bit older, but still good. And I think Barcelona is going to, again, have their work cut out for them, just like last year where they got spanked down by Bayern, but then they finished third in the group. Uh, and I do believe that it's a possibility. I'm not saying I bet on it, but, you know, the, look, Inter is, is dangerous here, and those Inter-Barcelona games might be the most compelling group stage matches in the entire uh, group stage. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, of, of course, you're, you're commenting on Barcelona as they are right now. They, they still have anywhere between, you know, four to seven key signings still coming in. And I, I think that's what's kind of boosted them into a more secure spot there. In but they have to sell about 50 players to make that happen. And, <laughs> and as we will talk about later in this show, uh, their transfer policy, as much as they're trying to get it done, it's not exactly working out the way they would like it to. Ah, yes, the, some of the levers are jammed. Um, a quick word, you had mentioned uh, Lewandowski. Uh, That'll be kind of fun, I guess, uh, returning to uh, the Allianz in, uh, or what is it, in Munich, uh, to Bayern Munich. Yeah, no, I, uh, it is the Allianz. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's going to be the big story. And, and, you know, obviously, as we'll talk about Haaland and Dortmund as well, mm-hmm. um, uh, this, of course, makes everyone uh, kind of argue the whole, you know, draw rig kind of situation, uh, which I guess I could have an easier time believing if, like, all these teams didn't have, like, three options by the time they were, like, all the country stuff is all done. Uh, but again, you know, two straight years playing each other in the group. And I think two straight years where you would peg Bayern to be uh, the heavy favorite to win the group and, and beat Barcelona, even if uh, Lewandowski can get on the score sheet against his former team. But I have a feeling that they'll have some way to kind of defend him a little better than most teams. They kind of know him pretty well over there. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I, yeah, that one could be totally up in the air. The one thing that we do know is that, you know, like we said, Munich, Barca and, and Inter will be blasting their their balls all over Pleasant's face uh, in this group. Uh, moving on to Group D. Um, group, you know, D for death, almost in like a different way, really. Uh, it, it's almost kind of like toss it up in the air. What, what was that group last year where we were? To, I think it had Wolfsburg in it. It was just kind of like there's no real team that stands out. Maybe, you know, Spurs. But like we all know, Conti's struggles in, in Champions League. Um, so, yeah, you've got Eintracht Frankfurt, which we've documented their 
issues. Sporting, which is kind of just like a, eh, you know, you know, pot three team. Um, and, and Marseille rounding it out. It's just kind of like a weird group. Yeah, and I mean, like Tottenham's a bigger favorite to win their group than Bayern is. So, and I under, obviously, and I think that belies the strength of the group. Um, we've talked, I, I guess, at this point at length about Frankfurt's struggles, not only in Europe, but uh, upcoming in Europe, but in the league to start the season and, and even their match against Madrid, uh, you know, sporting. Uh, by the way, this this is the most compelling, I think, thing you could say about this group is the, you know, the uh, the potential uh, new signing that, you know, everyone wants sporting to get, which is, of course, would be the return probably on loan of Ronaldo. And I guess if that were to happen, uh, that would kind of throw this thing into a to a complete mess. Uh, Marseille. Yeah, like decent at best right now. Not looking great. Of course, they're, you know, trying to sign some guys. They've been signing some guys on loan to kind of strengthen up. But you, you really have to think Spurs. Uh, I mean, they could not be happier with this draw, right? There's no way they could you they, <laughs> that they could have dreamed uh, having something go this well. But to your point, I think that second spot uh, is very up in the air. Uh, I think Frankfurt and Marseille are pretty much about even in Sporting, just a nudge behind. But again, if Sporting can can make that magic happen, then all of a sudden this thing gets thrown into chaos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if there was going to be a draw that would put a little tent in Conti's pants. Uh, it's, it's probably this one for him to get over the schneid. So, uh, yeah, look, I fancy Spurs in that one. And as an Arsenal supporter, it kills me to say. But, uh, yeah, it's just a little too dysfunctional, the rest of the group. Okay, uh, moving on to Group E. Um, oh, this one kills me here, Jared, because if there were, like, any other pot three or four teams, like anything with quality, I would be saying Chelsea is not making the knockout stage in this. Uh, but because it is Red Bull Salzburg, and Dinamo's a grab, and maybe you'll convince me otherwise, uh, but I feel like Milan and Chelsea are moving on from Group E. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, bizarrely, Chelsea is a heavy favorite to win this group, and I don't really know. Oh, to win? I, yeah, to win the group, and that, that, that does not track to me right now. Yeah. I, they, they have more talent than Milan, for sure, but I mean, again, I, I not by that much. Uh, I, I don't know that, I mean, I don't think Salzburg certainly has the quality. The only thing I will say, if I were to make the argument, is really not Salzburg. It's actually Zagreb, uh, even though they're technically the pot four team. And that's because they have a group of players that are very, very experienced in European competition, right? Zagreb is always good for, if nothing else, a deep Europa League run, uh, you know, in, in addition to the years that they make the Champions League group stage. Um, you know, have a few talented players uh, on their team as well. Uh, you know, Joseph Dermich, if you're into Swiss national team strikers, is always, oh, love it. Is always one. And uh, yeah, I mean, and of course, uh, you know, Orsic, the, the striker, who is a guy, I, he's the one who like kept scoring like hat tricks against like every Premier League team a couple of years back in the, in the Europa League. So, I mean, they have those kind of dangerous players that when he goes off, um, you know, they can beat anybody. But again, they just don't have the, you know, the, the top down quality, of course. Uh, and they're in the draw by the skin of their pants. So you're not certainly predicting them to beat Chelsea, but they would be the team to me, not Salzburg, that could throw that scare into them if either one does. Yeah, one can only hope and, and maybe take a few lessons from the masterclass that was Jesse Marsh's Leeds victory over them. Uh, did we mention that, Jared, on the last pod that Leeds beat Chelsea 3 it, it, it came up once again. And so maybe there's maybe that's the uh, the Salzburg, the Red Bull Juju. Uh, uh, Marsh can carry over. Brent, it'll, maybe they'll just see Brendan Aronson, Aronson ghosts running around when they uh, travel to Salzburg. 
Oh, amazing. I love it. Interesting. I, you know, I literally just noticed it. And also because uh, Leipzig are in the next group, but Salzburg doesn't have to do the Arabay, just the RB initials. Yeah, it's a German. Uh, it's a German rule. They're literally all, just German. Okay. Yeah, German rule that you cannot be sponsored by an energy drink. Therefore, uh, <laughs> you know, Leipzig is not named after one. They just happen to have one on their shirt and they just happen to be owned by one in uh, circumnavigating all German football law. <laughs> with with two red bulls clashing yeah. horns on the but they're not it's russian basis of the sport yeah uh that's so good running of the bulls i guess is what it is okay never mind anyways um group f uh right so uh leipzig are from the pot two team there um drawing the pot one team real madrid um another interesting group as far as i'm concerned uh, obviously you got Shakhtar Donetsk given the ukraine uh, Russia war right now um, and Celtic, you know, again, just uh, having a go at the Scottish teams, uh, not one, but two in this year. And and one that's, you know, often been the butt of jokes. Uh, maybe this is their chance to make some waves this year in Group F. And they have a shot at it. I think that I think that the first thing you have to look at is that I think if you had to bet on one team in this tournament to get 18 points out of 18, it's Real Madrid. I, I think they're just top to bottom. I think they're in the best position to really not even lose a game and, and be very comfortable. Um, from there, you could probably, uh, you know, you could, it's a little dicey. Leipzig is still the heavy favorite to get out of the group. But again, they've looked pretty... Um, pretty dire so far in their league season through a couple matches. Uh, I just, I don't know that either Celtic or Shakhtar really has the quality to, to overcome it. I, I think that, you know, in a, in a perfect world where you actually had to go into Ukraine, uh, you know, obviously before the war and play there, it'd be, it might be a, a big deal, but yeah. playing at the neutral Polish ground doesn't do much. And I, you know, you always love a good Scottish European night, but again, this it's a team that just does not have the amount of talent that they used to have. Um, they are responsible for, of course, the American blood flow in this group uh, with Cameron, Ca- Cameron Carter Vickers uh, on that roster. But again, I, I just if you look at uh, you look at Celtics roster these days, it's just it's it's a combination of guys you've never heard of. It's a combination of washouts from the Premier League. You're talking your Joe Hart's, your Aaron Boys, your James McCarthy's like you're not you know, these are not. Uh, prime guys, as I said, you have a couple young guys as well, a couple Scottish internationals, but again, they just know that they have the talent to really match up with even a Leipzig team that is not what they have been in past years. I mean, I, I would not be betting on Celtic to get out of the group. I do think Leipzig does enough to uh, does enough to get out. Okay, so th- this is the uh, the bus stop on the on the way to the MLS. It's like not Premier League level anymore, but you know, still not still not MLS, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the uh, Major League Soccer now runs the Premier League. So <laughs> that's so good. No, I'm I'm obviously desperate for a uh, you know Sheriff Tears Bowl Part Two Celtic beat Madrid at home, you know, and then get like a plucky draw away at Leipzig or something like that and just give us hope. I, I think that would be well, it'd be, it'd be a great story. Again, you just you just certainly can't put your money on it. Of course, of course. And one last shout. Did I see Shakhtar Donetsk? Uh, have they not? They haven't played a home game since 2014. Uh, yeah. So they've. Um, I think- so this is not just a war thing where they've been displaced to Poland. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like since 2014. Um, I think they have to play a lot of their European games in. Yeah, I guess it has been since Crimea, right? Yeah. Yeah, Crimea. Um, yeah. I think they play in uh, Liev now, or we're playing in Liev, I should say. Mm. Um, and I, I think some of their uh, European games might even been somewhere else than that. So yeah, they've had to kind of. They've been bouncing around for years now, so I guess it's old hat at this point. 
Yeah, the NYCFC of Ukraine, although for a good reason. Yes, yeah, for a much. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, if only New York City FC had been invaded by the Russians, this would all be. <laughs> Even then, I don't know if you'd give them a pass. No. All right, uh, moving on to Group uh, G, the aforementioned um, automatic winner, uh, Manchester City. Uh, although some interesting teams, uh, as we've said before, you know, we've documented the, the recent struggles or, or at least the, the last game of, of Dortmund uh, and, and who knows what team you're going to get on any given day. Um, Sevilla, I believe this is their first stop on the way to uh, just going to the Europa League and winning that like they do, you know, pretty much every other year uh, and rounding it out with uh, Copenhagen. Yeah. And, and Sevilla's, I mean, I, I do not peg Sevilla to be a team that is going to make a deep run in any European competition this year. Uh, they've been pretty rated. Obviously they've lost quite a few guys this season. And then you, on top of that, you have the injuries, you know, the Corona that we've already talked about and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, again, it's a roster. It, it really is. I think the most mishmash roster, as much as I joke about Celtic, it's like, you just look at their roster and it's like, Oh yeah, they got like Alex Tay is in now. Like Rakitic is back there, and they have Munier, and you know, and Nezri is still there, and Jesus Navas is there, and Lamella is there, and Delaney's there, and it's just like Isco's now there, and it's just like <laughs> and them fucking roster like in the world. Yeah. So I mean, obviously there's some talent there. Uh, they're not Dortmund good, and they've had a pretty rough start to their season. Of course, you could say the same for Dortmund, uh, but again, I think City is going to make very, very quick work of this group. I think Copenhagen is uh, still overmatched in this group, despite the struggle. I do have Dortmund over Sevilla here, but honestly, given how poor both of those sides can be, uh, I mean, neither one can really surprise you, can it? Uh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And just like we did for uh, Group C, a world-class striker, uh, just sold over this last transfer window, returning to his old club. Uh, yeah, talk a quick word about Erling Holland returning to Dortmund. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be kind of cool. I mean, I know he kind of took the lap in their last game last season, so it wasn't like they haven't had the chance to say goodbye. But eh, sure, you know, it'll probably. I mean, I, I'm sure they won't enjoy the beatdown, but other <laughs> yeah. one last night, and I'm sure you know I'd be willing to bet if he got on the score sheet, there might even be a uh, a slight applause in the in the crowd for him. All right, very good. Um, and let's go ahead and round it out with uh, Group H. Uh, this will be your PSG and Juve group, pretty much, um, and, and see how bad. Although, well, Juventus <laughs> dropping some points in, in Serie A, so I don't know. Although you probably have to peg those two to go through. Um, PSG, Juve, uh, Benfica, and uh, uh, Maccabi Haifa. Am, am I saying that correctly, Jared? I believe it's Maccabee, but sure, it could go probably either way. Okay, very good. If, well, if we'll, we'll do them. Jewish holiday is, is anything to go <laughs> Right, yeah, just call and say, I got yes, yes, but yes, and, you know, it's a Jewish holiday. Uh, but but we will uh, do them justice uh, later in the European nonsense uh, segment. But, yeah, Jared, a word on Group H first. Yeah, I mean, I think pretty much, as you said, it is exactly how it's going to finish. PSG, heavy favorite. Juventus, uh, I think a clear, uh, you know, nowhere near PSG right now, but I think pretty clear Benfica. You know, it'd be help again, Juventus, if they can get a couple of their injured players back. They're trying to round in the form. Uh, but I, again, I don't think Benfica quite has, uh, you know, the the ability at this minute, as much as we'd love to see that Jan Vertonghen back line uh, make a deep run. I, I'm 
just not quite seeing it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that will do it for our UEFA Champions League draw. We'll obviously uh, keep you all updated as the tournament unfolds. Uh, moving on to the next topic here. Uh, we mentioned a friendly uh, in the intro, uh, Manchester City and Barca. Uh, uh, Pep makes his triumphant return back to the new camp uh, where City played Barcelona to a 3-3 draw. Um, and of course, everyone is asking the obvious question, uh, why a friendly this far into the season? Uh, the very quick, uh, too long, didn't read of it um, is uh, this was an ALS fundraiser um, specifically honoring Pep's former teammate Juan Carlos Nzue um, and it was supposed to be last year during the pandemic when crowds were limited and obviously only having 30,000 in Camp Nou instead of 100,000 uh, kind of you know reduces the amount of funds that are raised so it was postponed until now this is the only time they could do it uh, and yeah like we said it ends up uh, 3-3 uh, Barca goals uh, th- this cracked me up uh, basically all three of their goals from players who probably won't even be there in two weeks uh obama yang de jong and depay um and then a 90th minute plus nine stoppage time penalty uh from mares uh to finalize it at 3-3 uh holland with what i saw from the highlights was like the weakest dive of all time that was actually called i don't i mean the funny part is i don't think it was a dive i actually think he legitimately tripped over his own feet and i think the sign of that is when they called the penalty he kind of looked at the ref almost like like why did you do that and so i don't really think it was the action of a guy trying to sell a call i think he just stripped over his own feet and got away with it uh the other funny part to me in this match is uh jules kunde actually got to play because it's not a la liga match so. <laughs> That's great. he got to play he actually uh, had a, a turnover that led to one of the goals uh you know again not too much I, I think you said it perfectly a bunch of guys random guys so good players also playing in this match but as you, you can't as much as we like to be cynical obviously no way to be cynical about ninety thousand fans fans raising money uh, for ALS. Yeah, yeah, of course. Great cause and, and great of both teams to, you know, obviously it's not ideal, as you said. It would have been nice to have done this maybe a week or two before the season, but with other priorities and other things going on, you know, they get it in there, uh, you know, kind of run around a bit, get the money and, and you know, have a little fun with it. Yeah, no, that's that's great stuff. So, so you thought, okay, but either way, the penalty's not deserved. Right? No, no, it's, it's what... absolutely not a penalty. But I, okay. again, I think I think Holland's reaction when when he kind of looked back was kind of like, why did you call that a penalty? Not like, oh, gee, I got tripped, call the penalty. So I don't yeah, think it was okay. a time. I think it was just he just got tangled up in his own legs and fell, and then was like kind of amused when the when the call was given. Yeah. Uh, if if I were going to be cynical, I might imagine that a ref decided that a a draw in a friendly like this might have been the preferred result. If you really want to uh, maybe take a guess as to why that was called. Uh, yeah, a little. Well, you know, not, not as bad as, you know, the, the Little League World Series match fixing on ESPN that's going on. But uh, but yeah, probably a little uh, doctored call um, so we could get a nice three three result right there. I understood uh, that reference. Okay, good. <laughs> by the way, by the way, separate aside, uh, I I was watching a I was in a bar and the Little League World Series on. They have fucking video review or whatever in the Little League World Series. Oh. Like, fuck off, like all of you. Like the, the coaches are challenging, like fucking calls at first base, and they'll like um pass to go over. It. Like I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and uh, but let me guess that they're uh, they're doing their VAR better than the Premier League too. Well, so you, you, them, and everyone else in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my word! Uh, very good. Okay, and uh, our our last topic here, uh, while we're having a laugh, uh, another thing that amused me here um, is to find out that Howard Webb 
uh, is back in the Premier League. Um, so we had the ghost of Mike Dean in the last episode, and, and now Howard Webb, who fair play to him, is, is probably one of the best referees that's, that's ever uh, officiated the game. He will be the chief refereeing official um, at Professional Game Match Officials Limited, PUPG Mole, um, where he will surely bring a professionalism uh, and tightening up a violent conduct, except, of course, for uh, kung fu kicks to the chest. You have to say this is a huge coup, uh, except for the, uh, the epidemic that is kung fu kicks to the chest. Well, yeah. And again, I think this actually is, you know, all jokes aside, I actually think this is a very positive move. Uh, of course, uh, you know, after spending time in the U.S. with uh, the pro referee organization there with MLS, who actually, he's, you know, he's helped bring a, 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 a pretty good VAR that exists in MLS. You know, he's moving on to his retirement league of the Premier League because he's done it all he can do in MLS. <laughs> and again, I look all jokes aside about MLS, they their VAR is pretty good. Uh, I, I think more often than not, they get a good call and they get it rare, relatively quickly. They do it far better than the Premier League does. Yeah. So I do believe that if Howard Webb can bring what he's done, um, you know, over to the Premier League, they will be much better off because of his experience already doing this. And I think that, you know, again, I, I trust him because he has some experience uh, in doing this and has done it at a good level. So I, I do believe that he can, he can tighten it up. I know he's, he's in his interviews. He pretty much said, I like, I would really like to tighten up this far situation. And, mm. uh, you know, obviously now we'll have to back it up, but I think it's a, I think it's a very good move and a, and a smart move by the Premier League here. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. And, and I'm, you know, I, I find him all just, I, I trust in him because I find him awe inspiring actually <laughs> just, just like his presence is so imposing. I, I, we actually, we set up a, a booth at the U S soccer coaches convention a couple of years back uh, with my technical training company I used to have. And the pro one, the pro booth was right next to us. It had um, the American uh, official that was at, what was it in, in 2014, right? Uh, the World Cup. Oh, I forget what his name was. But yeah, Howard Webb was right there. And it was just like, the, the dude is just imposing, man. I, I mean, I would not want to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> no, he probably is whoops a couple asses, which is how you know that you can he, you can do that because you can have such a bad call in a World Cup final and like nobody kind of blames you for it somehow. Uh, yeah, somehow. Because yeah, you can complain to him. And he's going to be like, what are you going to do about it? huh? <laughs> Not Anyways, um, yeah, so that's enough about Howard Webb, an official. Uh, we are just humming here. Um, that'll do it for the topics. Uh, let's move on to our segment. Uh, boy, do we have a lot to cover here. Um, let's start it off with uh, Domestic Disturbance featuring none other than uh, Jared Reback. Uh, this is the segment that we dedicate to your, uh, you know, random midweek tournaments named after energy drinks uh, that, as uh, we mentioned before, uh, not even the players uh, care about. But some interesting results here, Jared, out, out of the Carabao Cup in England, uh, Leicester City nil, Stockport County nil. Um, and, and, you know, we can't do the usual how many how many places in between because it, it's obviously league team, so the lowest you can go is league two. But this was a league two team uh, that advanced on penalties against the Premier League team. Um, I do have to correct you. I think Lester did win on penalties. <laughs> well, hey, well, slap me silly and call me <laughs> stupid uh, because I haven't even put it in my notes here. Uh, but yes, you've corrected me correctly. There you go. And uh, this is still not good though because, uh, as you said, it is a league two side and. Even though, uh, I mean, look, Wester did not start the the first first team, but you still have, you know, Sianchu, Vestergaard, Kielemans, Iannaccio, Barnes, uh, Paxton Daka in the starting lineup. Iosi Perez comes on at some point. James Madison comes on. Dewsbury Hall comes on, and they can't score a goal. And for a team that's really struggling in the Premier League, uh, this is not exactly uh, a great 
thing. Again, they have 80% possession. They uh, take like, shots every five seconds for the entire, you know, game. And so it's not like, you know, it's obviously not as necessarily as close as the score would indicate. But again, if you're trying to use this game a little bit to build up a little bit of confidence for yourself, uh, not scoring in 120 minutes against Stockport County um, is, is probably not what you want to be doing. Um, this and by the way, this is a newly promoted Stockport County. They were actually in like the National League last year. Uh-huh. Uh, so and and again, they're probably going to go right back down. They're like one and four early on. So this is the twenty-first place team in League Two currently, and Lester could not score on them. Well, at least uh, Lester did advance. A Premier League team that did not advance, and it's going to absolutely kill our American blood flow. Uh, Fulham nil, Crawley Town two, another League Two team here. Uh, but yes, Crawley Town advances. Fulham drops. This this was a bit of a shock result. Uh, yeah, and uh, to the, to the point about Stockport County about uh, last game, Crawley Town is in twenty third place in League Two, <laughs> uh, and so even worse. Uh, but I, I will say there are two differences between Fulham and Leicester here. The first is that, um, you know, Fulham has played much better this season in the Premier League so far. So they're, they weren't necessarily relying on this game to kind of, you know, kind of correct uh, something that's been going wrong. And the other thing is that um, Fulham very much did not uh, put out anything that resembled a, a full strength team, nor even full strength substitutes. Uh, to speaking of American blood flow, uh, Tim Ream and Jedi Robinson were nowhere near this match. Mm. Um, Fulham starting, you know, guys wearing numbers, you know, 31, 39, 38, 35, 65, subs, 47, 46, 45, 45. You, you see where this is going. Uh, and so um, I don't mind it as much if you're Fulham. I think their biggest goal right now has to be stop being a yo-yo team. So if they can lose a couple midweek fixtures uh, in the middle of the season, I don't think they'll probably mind all that much. Uh, so, you know, again, it looks, it looks really bad and it probably is. And those guys should still beat the near last place team in the league pyramid or in the, you know, in the, mm-hmm. the professional league pyramid. But I don't think Fulham will be as, uh, as bothered about this as, as maybe they would be otherwise. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and of course the bottom line here is, no Americans, no party. Um, but yeah, let, let's go back from uh, from midnight to six and now six back up to midnight here. I uh, just throwing it in there, you know, leads three, Barnsley one, no big deal, America. Yeah, and again, uh, American coach, obviously, no American players in this one. Uh, Aronson, an unused sub. Adams did not even play. Still, uh, Sinistera gets on the scoreboard. He's, you know, coming back and he's coming into the team for the first time, uh, his first start. So it's kind of good, uh, a little free kick there, uh, but a very comfortable win. Um, despite, you know, I guess Barnsley did get the one back to make it 2-1, but uh, that, that's, that third goal in the beginning of the second half easily puts it away. Um, and again, very comfortable. Uh, you get 35,000, um, you know, at a home game during the week, which is always good. And if you really want some random American blood flow, the referee for this match just happens to be named John Brooks. Ah, that's very good. Love it. Love it, man. Uh, well, Jared, just like uh, drinking too much of the drink uh, that this tournament is named after, uh, just talking about it uh, is making me just a little bit nauseous. So unless you have anything else to add, I'd like to move on. No, we should say, uh, you know, very briefly, Fulham, the only Premier League team to get knocked out at this round. Uh, and now you have like the European uh, teams coming in this round, the teams that are in European competition this year. Uh, so every other Premier League team from pretty much eight on down did advance. Uh, some in closer matches than others. But I think in that next round, which will be, uh, I think they play in like November and stuff. But a uh, you know, few, few of those fourth-tier uh, fourth teams, those League Two teams, 
few League One teams as well. So, yeah, maybe there'll be a few good ones. And uh, by the way, I believe there is a uh, nice little Manchester City-Chelsea match in the third round. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, according to Pep, a trophy is a trophy is a trophy. So he'll trot him out for that one. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we'll leave domestic disturbance uh, there. Uh, moving on to another segment featuring Jared Reback, European nonsense. Uh, the final, final, final uh, qualifying stage and games have been played. Uh, let, let's actually go through them by day because, you know, you kind of had uh, obviously a lot going on here. Uh, but two kind of just like major ones uh, for each one of those those days of Champions League qualifying. Um, let's kick it off on Tuesday. Uh, Victoria Pleasen, two, everyone's favorite Carabag, one. Uh, Victoria Pleasen, as we mentioned, moving on to the Champions League. Uh, and Benfica, three, Dynamo Kiev, nil. And Jared, I'll save the last one for last. But any quick words on those? Uh, I mean, Pleasant, I guess, gets the, you know, they actually went down a goal in this game at home, got two second half goals. Uh, again, we've already talked about what their chances of success are. So maybe uh, Carabag actually is the big winner here for avoiding what's about to happen um, to them. Um, other than that, yeah, not not too much, uh, not nothing too sexy there. As we said, Benfica obviously pretty much won this one in the first leg, uh, but obviously added to it in the second leg, never a doubt. All right. Uh, and, and yeah, which led to the uh, the big one of the Tuesday <laughs> evening. Uh, Maccabi Haifa to Red Star Belgrade to uh, Haifa advance on aggregate five to four with the last goal of this game and the ninth of the tie. Uh, and I literally turned this game on in the 89th minute. So got to see just what was an incredible mindfuck of an own goal. Uh, from Milan Pavkov, who, who, by the way, I, I forget what it was. Uh, was it like a, two years ago, three years ago, scored like the game-winning uh, goal in like a huge game? The total opposite here. Uh, Haifa get a free kick, just your classic 25 yards out on an angle, whip it in, and my man just sticks his leg out. There is no one on the end of it. There is no target to put it in the back of the net, and that thing's just going to go right through. But he puts a shin on it, and it goes right into his own net. That's it. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know what to say about it, honestly. It's like, it's, it, I, I guess you can't really remove the striker's instinct from a guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a mind it's it's a mind blowing thing. Obviously, there's all sorts of own goals. This is not one that you can ever even account for, right? He's just trying to block a cross, and he does. I mean, he does a great job of directing it, you know, to a uh, to a point. But yeah, it just uh, I don't know. Um, but actually the funny part is, is that this actually might be like his last game there because I know oh. he's actually, uh, he's like signed like a pre-contract or something in like in Saudi Arabia. So oh. legitimately like he actually, um, like might that literally might so be, this will be his legacy. It's actually, it is a damn shame because he, he knew oh. nothing about it. That is so brutal. Uh, but yeah, bottom line, uh, the Flying Jews are advancing uh, to get their asses whooped in the group stage. Um, but hey, good for them. They'll be there. They'll just, they're just happy to be at the party. Uh, Wednesday, Champions League qualifying. Uh, a uh, drab, nil-nil draw between Copenhagen and Treds Bonspor. Uh, Copenhagen advance on aggregate, 2-1. to one, um, Also to presumably get their booties whooped in Champions League. Um, and yeah, Dinamo Zagreb, 4, Bodo Glimt. Uh, one, the Mourinho killers will not be in Champions League uh, this year. So off to the Europa League they go. Um, but yeah, uh, Jared, the big one, obviously, Rangers won. PSV Eindhoven, nil. Uh, Rangers back in Europe proper, uh, thanks to Malik Tillman, 
high press. I mean, come on, guys. We're just like seeing a trend here that we've seen this movie before. It's like it, this is normal, man. This is the standard. Steel assist inside Eindhoven's 18-yard box. Rangers won. Eindhoven, no. And it's pretty cool because, you know, like for all we want to talk about, and obviously in the months leading up and the weeks leading up, we will talk so much about the U.S., but we're not going to be the most skilled team, obviously, at the World Cup. But we have a bunch of guys who are just going to make life miserable for every team we play, and they're getting really fucking good at it. And, you know, again, and, and those are the kind of – those players, as we saw with Aronson against Chelsea, right? You can be a less talented team on paper, and you can just work, like, your asses off in a way that makes a better team look very, very bad. And, you know, again, like, maybe I'm being a, a bit of a homer here, but I don't I don't really wouldn't want to play the U.S. in this World Cup. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and, and right. And obviously, you know, are, are we uh, saying that we're going to win the whole goddamn thing or, or that we're going to be, you know, the, the, the favorites going into it or that we're not saying anything like that. It's just we are going to be pests and being pests and disrupting teams, you know, can actually allow you uh, uh, to outkick your coverage. And yeah, I'm with you, Jared. That's the bottom line. If I'm anyone else, I do not want to play the U.S. Sadly, of course, that's I mean, the, the, the game otherwise was a bit uh, was a bit poor. Uh, Rangers did enough to win, did not look always great. They killed off the game in, in the most vintage of 1980s Scottish style with the long bow and everything else. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I really do think that Zagreb was probably the, uh, I don't know, the most exciting. It was certainly the most exciting game, but I, I mean, it was really, uh, did you catch the extra time of that match? Uh, no, I did not, but it was a couple goals in quick succession, right? Yeah, I mean, it was two of the more bizarre, like, balls that were kicked into an empty net you've, like, ever seen. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it goes to extra time, you know, and Bodo actually is probably, like, a little bit better at that point in the game. And uh, Dermich, uh, uh ends up kind of gets played in, and the goalie does a really good job getting out um, and blocking him. And the ball kind of bounces back, and he takes the ball, and he's at the top of the 18, and the goalie's scrambling. And there's, like, six defenders between him and the net, and he somehow, like, puts it between all six of them into the, like, empty net. And it was, like, kind of an amazing strike. And then, you know, again, uh, Bodo's trying to get the, the last-ditch equalizer, and the dude, like, pretty much whiffs on a shot at the 18, and it goes <laughs> the other way. And it's, like, a two on zero breakaway, and the Zareb guy gets absolutely cleared out by the goalie, and it, like, falls to the other dude who puts it in. It was, just, it was a very bizarre <laughs> Our end of the game uh but but and so so grab wins 4-1 on the night uh 4-2 on aggregate in a in a obviously the tie that was a lot closer uh than that but i mean just if you haven't seen the highlights just a very interesting way uh you know you talk about the the silly own goal to win one and then you have a couple very bizarre kind of looking goals the other way but the grab uh, does enough Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll do after this. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for Wednesday Champions League qualifying. And I will say real quick, we don't have a cunty haircut of the week, uh, but I will give an honorary award to uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy's beard on the sideline of PSV Eindhoven. Uh, that thing was creepy. Um, and uh, yeah, actually to round out European nonsense, the other uh, qualifying that's going on, Europa League just kind of keeps going and going. Hey, but guess what? We have some American blood flow. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, two teams in particular in their last playoff round. Ammonia out of Cyprus, a resounding 4 nothing win over Belgian side Ghent. And I believe starting both legs, certainly the second leg earlier on Thursday. Mixed Discourage still hanging around uh, playing some Europa League football. Uh, also, Olympiakos in penalties defeats another Cyprus side. 
Apollo and Wimisol, uh, one, one and the second in both legs actually goes to penalties. And as it turns out, Olympiacos wins three to one in penalties, the winning penalty, as it were, the second penalty that they made uh, by none other than Conrad Davo Fuente, who is on loan there from oh. at the minute. Uh, so his uh, spot kick ends up being the one to send Olympiacos into the group stage of the Europa League. The draw shall be, I believe it's on Friday uh, at some point. Roma, Man United, Arsenal, Lazio, Braga, Red Star, Belgrade, Dinamo, Kiev, and Olympiacos are those pot one teams that are expected to be the heavy favorites. Okay, very good. And sorry, I didn't hear if you said it. Conrad De La Fuente is. Uh, do Barcelona still have him? Only- no, I think he was. He was the the Marseille move was eventually made permanent. Okay, and he didn't. He played a little there last year and then got hurt and then apparently didn't train very hard and they're kind of don't really seem to love him very much. And so, uh, you know, that's his career has kind of fallen off track a bit. Uh, so he'll be looking to hopefully, you know, a year in Greece can kind of maybe rekindle things a bit. Yeah. You can't win them all, but I mean, Jared, at this point, we've just, we've just got so many Americans, you know, playing abroad and succeeding and coaching there. It's like, okay, we can lose, you know, a couple, it's not a big deal. Okay. So um, getting that, still getting that Europe league football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, oh, how can I possibly forget? Uh, Jared, I didn't put it in the notes, but is uh, any Conference League stuff going on right now or what? Yeah, they had their, uh, again, their playoff round to go into their group stage. Uh, I won't bore you with the results, but the uh, the pot one teams, again, their draw is also on Friday. Uh, Villarreal, uh, Basel, Slavia Prague, Azed, Ghent, uh, Basak Sahir, Partizan Belgrade and West Ham are the eight pot one teams in uh, the conference league. And by the way, if you look at the pot four teams, if you really want to get to the, the weak teams, you're looking at teams from Kosovo, Latvia and Armenia among those in the uh, in the last kind of pot there. So that's how well we are going in European competition now. Oh, dude. I, just your mention of West Ham. I'm thinking like just the most disappointing season in history. They're going to finish like you know 13th in the league with a third round exit in the conference league or something and by the way the Villarreal one I think is probably in many ways like the most like like as as much as you'd be like oh like West Ham like what are we doing here Mm -hmm. but like if you look at like by like by the coefficients that they use um you know like the European coefficients for the pots like Villarreal would be like easy like was like Dortmund's coefficient level like they have like the same coefficient level as Dortmund and they're like slumming around in the fucking like uh Europa Conference League you know gonna play like friggin' Slovan Bratislava and like Pionic from Armenia (laughs) yeah clubs that don't even have like a badge icon on Google pretty much so yeah life does come at you fast yeah. All right. Um, well, we will obviously follow all of those incredibly scintillating European competitions uh, throughout the year. Uh, but for right now, uh, let's keep it moving here, Jared, on the segments. Um, we are getting to the end of this uh, summer transfer window. Uh, it's that super awkward period where uh, the seasons have ab- actually started, uh, but there's still a bit of time to sell some of those players and bring new guys in. Uh, so transfers and here we goes. Uh, let's kick it off. How do you feel, Jared? About about <laughs> uh, Alexander Isak to Newcastle for, um, hold on, checks notes. Let's see, transfer marked has him at uh, 33 million. So probably in the range of like 35, 40 million, Jared. Yeah, something just like that, right? Um, remember, like, we, remember we spent all this time kind of like praising Newcastle despite having the new owners for like, generally speaking, kind of like doing the slow buildup and not just uh, like aimlessly throwing around cash for no good reason? Yeah, yeah. Those were the good old days, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 70 million euros. It, it, it blows. It blows my mind. Um, look, and I like Isaac. I think he's a he's a promising young guy. 
But at the end of the day, he's like a six, four striker that doesn't know how to head a soccer ball. Um, and like, he does a lot of things pretty well, but needs a lot of, has a lot of growth ahead of him to be, uh, you know, the kind of that guy that, you know, the next Vatan or whatever they're calling him in Sweden, even though they, he doesn't play anything like him uh, because, you know, all things must be compared to Zlatan. Um, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Um, Callum Wilson is scoring goals. Uh, you know, Chris Wood can can go out there and throw his body around as needed. It doesn't seem to me like this is their biggest position of need right now. But sure, what the hell? Yeah, it, yeah it's amazing to me because even if you inflate it to like 50 million euro or something like that, okay, in today's market, maybe that's what it is. But like 70, are, are they just paying an extra 20 mil on top just to avoid the negotiations? It's, it's just kind of like, here, just, just take this and give it, give them to us. I don't know, but uh, as as somebody who has a vested interest for fantasy reasons in Real Sociedad this year, I hope they get that money, cash the check, and spend it in the next week. Yeah, no shit, man. And they'll pick, they'll scoop a couple nice guys, kind of like Wenger used to do at the the last couple of days of the market. They're on the cheap. Uh, yeah, we will see. Um, but yes, Alexander Isak, seventy million. Oh my god, you just have to keep saying it to like believe that it's true. It's incredible. That's really absurd. Um, all right. Well, we talked about your team. Maybe we talk about my team next. I'll go out of order here real quick, Jared, if you don't mind, uh, just because I saw that sweet connection there. Uh, but yes, none other than Pepe. And speaking about overinflated numbers, uh, having arrived in the Premier League just a few years ago for uh, 80 something million uh, euro from League 1, uh, his loan deal to Nice has been finalized. Uh, and we finally got him out of North London. Uh, good riddance in a way. I, I mean, I do kind of feel bad for the guy. He just never got going. But also, yeah, like you just never got going. And so it's like you probably just need to go back to Liga. Yeah, I think it, look, it'll probably help a bit. As you said, it's it's not ideal. Uh, and and you were, when you really think about it, his his time at Arsenal has not only tripped up his, his club career, but like his international career fell off you know, kind of as well. Right. He has not been good for the Ivory Coast in, in quite some time, um, you know, and, and even in like, you know, in the 2019 African Cup of Nations when he was there, he wasn't even like starting for them. He didn't play when they got like knocked out of that tournament. And like, you know, you have like these situations where it just, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out for him. He has what, like, I guess 16 total goals. He had 10 in one season, which was great, but obviously it was, was pretty absent last year. Uh, this can't hurt, right? If anything, uh, if he can get, you know, kind of that goal scoring form he had for Will, uh, you know, get a little confidence and maybe you can come back in a year or two to Arsenal and actually contribute. But I, I think obviously best for all parties. Yes, all parties satisfied on this one. Uh, and then my last one, Jared, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, but this one could actually be uh, an Obi-Wan as well. Uh, but Serge Aurier uh, to Nottingham Forest. So he's a Premier League player once again. I think I heard the other day that like Nottingham Forest has spent like the third most money in Europe in this transfer window. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's 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 actually like top three. Yeah, it's like it's fucking stupid. Um, yeah, I look. Uh, obviously, Nottingham needs to need to do the rehaul. Uh, Serge Aurier would like to continue having playing time in the Premier League. So again, I, I will throw this one also in the realm of uh, of good for all parties. All right. Yeah. Very good. Um, and I'll turn it over to you then, Jared. A couple of transfers, and here we go. So round it out. Yeah, I, I will. I will raise your Obi Wan Serge Aurier and give you a Kevin Strutman. Um, who has uh, been with Marseille for a while and has been on loan just about everywhere in Syria. But he is back in uh, for the second time on loan to uh, Genoa in Italy. But uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Genoa is now a Syria B team. Yeah. Evan Schrutman at the age of 32, uh, you know, long time Netherlands international player playing at Roma, playing at all these big teams, is now a Syria B player. Uh, that is a name I have not heard in quite some time. Um, 
Well, you'll hear it again, Jared, in just a couple of months because you know Gord is going to draft him in the third round. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> to wrap this one up, we got uh, Deli Ali. That, uh, that loan to Besiktas is finally final. Yes. Um, we got Eric Bailly from Manchester United to Marseille on loan with a buy option, uh, which they will probably exercise, if we're being honest. Uh, similar to Pep, uh, you know, Pepe, just get back to France, you know, get your career back on track. Uh, Samuel Umtiti going to Lecce in Syria. Uh, uh, and this is the most amazing Barcelona thing ever. Uh, not only is there no buy option on this loan, so he will not be purchased off the loan. Uh, Barcelona is paying 100% of his contract. Um <laughs> Usually when you loan these guys out, the whole point of it is to uh, is to get their of wages off the book. Wages, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Lachie can't afford Samuel M. Titty in any way, shape, or form. So the only way Barcelona is getting any money out of this loan is if he hits certain performance goals while playing in Serie A. And I hope clean sheets isn't one of them because Lachie is not going to get many of them. So I don't know what they're possibly going to get any money for. But again, so ready to be done with him that they have shipped him off and did not even put a dent in any of their financial situations while doing so, which is... I mean, when you think about it, actually incredible. Uh, lastly, uh, well, Jared, can I say real quick? Did, oh, do you absolutely. know the details of his contract? Is one of the incentives uh, having a brain fart moment in which he, for some reason, begins to think that he's playing basketball instead of soccer? Well, and slam dunk across town. I was I was trying to look if Fletcher had like a like a Euro basketball, like maybe they play in the Euro <laughs> ball, like the Euro league and, and basketball that they could. But I, I simply I don't know. Um, what like I don't I don't know what he's doing there honestly if I had to think about it I don't yeah. that too hard it actually hurts a little bit yeah all right well we won't think about it last Jack. one right, finishes up last one I have uh Kevin Trapp goalie from Eintracht Frankfurt to Manchester United oh wait no he said no to Manchester United he'd rather stay with Eintracht Frankfurt yeah <laughs> I love it uh well yeah because that's where careers go to die apparently I mean Zach Steffen playing in the championship at this point so um but yeah good on him good on him for standing up to them uh all right cool let's leave it there transfers and here we goes uh just a couple of quick ones here um toss this one in last minute random college soccer shout uh actually we are recording late thursday night here uh because uh maryland men's soccer had its uh its season and home opener at ludwig field uh pretty good pretty good attendance uh, obviously a little bit earlier than usual a lot of the students haven't moved in yet and classes haven't started and everything um it's still a really cool atmosphere uh uh, apparently to the you know preseason rankings that literally mean nothing uh and i think they just throw darts against the wall uh you know maryland number 20 new hampshire number nine um and we came out and uh ended up beating them two to one uh pretty much in control of the game um scored you know two very nice goals uh kind of let them back in with a defensive lapse towards the end but uh i don't want to jinx anything and i know i'm super biased uh but th this might be one of the best maryland teams uh that i've seen quality wise uh top to bottom at every position uh in a long time so i got high hopes for the season jared sounds good uh, wake forest also a pair of wins today the uh ladies and gents double header uh the women oh, cool. beating georgia and the men beating ucf matching one nil score lines uh the women's team three no men one and oh so yeah good top 15 men's team women's team's been in the tournament the last few years so all looking okay yeah always just a, a solid program there in uh and what, what's that place in North Carolina that you guys are? Is it Durham? Is it uh No, Durham is not that one. A different one. Where uh, the yeah. cigarettes are, Winston-Salem. Ah, okay, right. That's Winston-Salem. There you go. Very good. Uh, well, you know, Jared, we haven't been in the ACC for like 10 years at this point. So I just, I, we haven't played you in forever. So I forget. It's going um, great. 
All right, cool. Let's let's uh yeah, that's right. That's our you have those, house. but you have those road games at UCLA to look forward to. So yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Don't get me started on that. Oh, that's gonna be. I mean, it'll they'll be good games, obviously. And we play UCLA actually, like every other year anyway. Uh, but yes, your point is well taken. The Big Ten, which is becoming like literally Conference USA. Um, all right, let's close up the segments here, Jared. With own goal of the day, and as your gracious podcast host, I will allow you to go first. Yeah, I have a I have a mini and a major one. The mini one is just uh, Chelsea's pursuit of Anthony Gordon and like how much money they're going to pay him when they have like thirty five wingers on the team. Like, what are you doing? Uh, that I guess I could have thrown that in transfers, but I just I really wanted to special uh, specially put Chelsea out there. Uh, more seriously though, uh, the Washington Spirit have fired uh, head coach Chris Ward, mm. and on the surface you might think, well, they're like in last place in the league. They have one win out of sixteen matches this year, uh, but bizarrely he was fired for some sort of training ground incident that nobody is really talking about. There is a potential, uh, some have, have speculated there might be some sort of um, like some, uh, perhaps a, a verbal confrontation or maybe a verbal harassment of a player. And uh, what, what's really particularly bad about this is given everything we've talked about with coaches in the women's league, uh, you know, obviously going back and forth. And now you have an incident where a coach is being fired and they're really not talking about why. And which means one of two things that has to be true. Either, you don't want to talk about it and you don't have the luxury in this league right now of not talking about it or you legitimately can't talk about it for legal reasons, which just goes back into how many problems are we going to have with coaches in this league? Because if you really can't talk about this because there might be a legal situation, then what the fuck could he have done during a, like a, public not like a public a taped practice session that you have to fire him and you might end up in like a court of some kind either way whichever one of those two things is true it is again just like it's another situation where like they just they can't figure it out and the league can be so good there's so many good games so many good players but they literally just can't get out of their own way with this these coaching situations yeah, it's a really bizarre one, um, and especially because you had such high hopes for the guy. I mean, th- this was the interim coach who took over from the previous one who had been fired uh, and, and led them to an NWSL championship, right? And, and then, right, obviously goes into this huge slump or whatever. They're, they're not firing for results, it appears, um, but more so for this incident, which, like you said, uh, they're not really saying anything about. Um, so it's, it, it doesn't look does it? No, I mean, again, the the ownership has kind of said that they like they would like to talk about it, but it, they call it a complicated and complex situation. And again, that just that just rings the alarm bells. And again, I, you, you again, you hope that it's not that bad, but uh, it just doesn't look like it's going to be anything other. Yeah, I guess, I guess the only uh, really the only bright side of it is or, or at least. You know, it takes time is what I'm trying to say to, to clean this type of stuff up. And obviously, Michelle Kang has come in. Uh, you know, the league is is uh, cracking down on all this stuff. Um, and yes, given the, the publicity that it's gotten over the last year or two, especially, um, y- y- you have to think that we're, we're on the path to change. And yeah, you're going to experience some hiccups, some speed bumps. Uh, but ultimately, I think the, the arc of uh, the NWSL is, is going in a positive way, not a negative way. I certainly would hope so. I, I tend to agree. But again, every time one of these stories hits, it just it makes it makes my cynicism perk up. I know. No, you're right. Um, well, uh, my own goal of the day is an event where my cynicism perked up, although I'm not necessarily uh, surprised by it here. Uh, you may have seen um, that UEFA has uh, released an official um, uh, an official report. Um, just to give you some context, you, you may or may not remember that the Champions League final uh, from 2022 took place on May 28th. 28th 
uh, and it is now, again, either August 25th or August 26th, uh, a whole June, July, August, three months later. And UEFA has finally responded, if you remember, at that Champions League final. Uh, what was truly a debacle in so many ways, um, the fans with actual, real, genuine tickets not being allowed in, there being a ruckus that was going on out there, which UEFA blamed on unruly Liverpool fans. They had to delay the kickoff uh, by, you know, 38, 39 minutes or something like that. Uh, you have scenes in the locker rooms because the players are getting the reports, the Liverpool players, the you know, Klopp is saying there's no way it could be them. You know, they're seeing the videos and da 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 da, da. Uh, And basically, uh, UEFA has come down and said, Oh, yeah, all those things, um, you know, are true. Uh, but it, all of that was just a moot point uh, and kind of just left it at that. Yeah, just a little, a little water under the bridge, right? Uh, who, can, who can look in the past when we have the future to look forward to? Unbelievable. Uh, so, yes, like you shared, my own goal of the day takes a very uh, cynical and, and negative uh, uh, angle. But as always, Jared, here at Stuck In, uh, we like to end things on a positive note. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here uh, with our stoppage time uh, winners. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first here, Jared. Um, uh, building on an old story, um, obviously we mentioned this in the last podcast, uh, and I think it has since then come out. Uh, again, I don't know how uh, late you're, you're listening to this one, um, but but yeah, it's, it's come out recently that uh, that you know that 13.8 kilometer run uh, that Eric Ten Hag made the Manchester United players uh, run after the Brentford 4-0 loss. I, I don't know if we had mentioned that either, Jared. That United lost to Brentford and all the goals were scored in like the first 35 minutes. Uh, but that this JV high school soccer punishment that he imposed on them. Uh, he actually went ahead and, and ran it with them, which I think is really fucking cool. Uh, so hit that move, uh, like I said, I mean, that was like a 10 out of 10 to me before. The fact that he suffered with them, I'm going to go ahead and make that like a like a 15 out of 10 right there. It's it's so try hard, though. Like, it is so try hard. I know, I know. And I want to be anti-United about it, Jared. But like, that's, dude, I'm a coach. Like, that's what I would do. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, man, respect. <laughs> all right. I, you're, I want you to strap in for this one. Because I'm about to tell you a story that you are going to love. If you think the uh, your UEFA Champions League is the best, no. And not even CONCACAF Champions League is the best. Let me talk to you about the Asian Champions League, the AFC Champions League. Um, in, the, in, the, in the small picture, the Urawa Red Diamonds of Japan have just qualified for the final. Uh, with a win over Jean-Buck Hyundai Motors of South Korea. Mm. This actually uh, is a game that went to extra time. Jean-Buck actually scored in the 116th minute to take the lead, but Urala at in the 120th minute, gets the goal to tie it up. They go to penalties. 36-year-old Shusaki Nishikawa, two big saves, and sends the Red Diamonds to the final. Now, today is August 25th. The final is a two-leg final, and that will be played on February 19th and February 26th of February 2023. And you might ask yourself, well, gee, isn't that a long time between the semis and the final? It gets better. Um, their opponent is going to be one of eight teams. And this is because the Asian Champions League splits the tournament pretty much into East and West. And the group stages in the East and West. And all the group stages actually played like about the same time. But what happens, I don't know if this is a weather thing or just a season thing. The East, so you know, your teams from Japan and South Korea, you know, Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, any countries like that, 
their court, their half of the knockout stage has been played in the last week, uh, culminating in the semifinal today. And the draw for the other half of the bracket has not even happened yet. This will be a bunch of teams, you know, from Saudi Arabia and Qatar and those kind of teams. Uh, those matches are in February uh, and they haven't even played. So imagine like the, the UEFA Champions League where like half of the bracket happened like in one month and then like six months later, the rest of the tournament happened uh, and how that would actually like function. But uh, so now Urawa gets to sit around for literally uh, about six months waiting for whatever like Saudi, Qatari or like Iranian team will probably play them in the final. And that draw hasn't even been made yet. That is incredible. Shit. And I thought the two weeks in between the, you know, conference championships and the Super Bowl was a long time. Holy and if you go, and it's hilarious because if you like go on the Wikipedia page, you just look at the bracket. You have like this bottom that's like all filled out and has all the results, you know, three, two and two, one and two, nothing. And then the top is literally just blank because it hasn't happened yet. And it doesn't happen until February. And literally it just, it keeps, it just goes on and on and on. And that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love it, man. That is a fantastic stoppage time winner. Uh, though, Jared, while you were telling that story, the referee was looking at his watch. He was pointing to the center circle. And yes, he went ahead and whistled full time uh, at this moment. Uh, thanks so much for listening, Jared. I really want to uh, say thank you to you as well uh, for taking the time uh, to steal a, a reference uh, for talking to me. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. And until next time. Bye bye. He's our striker, he's on fire Ooh, hot, hotter than Mitrovic Scoring goals home and away He's playing for the ticks and he's on fire Grand talk was a catastrophe He just wouldn't go away Oh, and then Will Grigg turned it round Cost us one million pound Oh, I said we'll great turn it round Cost us one million pounds Will Greg is on fire Come on now Will Greg is on fire